Brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
we don't like to just check one, two, three. We like to say other things. Yeah. Um, but Emily, I think we should have our listeners involved in this as well. So, and I'd like to do our top beers of 2018. And have some people submit theirs yes. to us as well. So it's like the it's like the Teen Choice Awards, right? You know, they get you get some choices. Yeah, and you know, for the last episode, it's probably going to be a little bit longer, and uh, we'll have some time to incorporate some shout outs. So if you send us your top beers of 2018, be sure to include anything else that you'd want us to say about you know your favorite beers that you drank this year and any shout outs that you have for your favorite breweries. Yeah, and before we get into our interview this week. Um, use the promo code BREWROOTS for Shirts on Tap. You can get your first box for $5. Mm-hmm. And mine's coming tomorrow for the month of November. I'm so stoked on it. And Emily, I think yours should be coming mine tomorrow. Mine should be here too. Yeah. Yeah, so I got my first box, I think about two weeks ago, from Fiction Brewing out of Denver, Colorado. And it was an awesome image of the Mad Hatter. It's just my size. It's exactly what I was looking for. And... I think it's cool that they're giving you your first month for five bucks. That's pretty much at cost to them. And then it's $18 for the next two months. So it's like a three month commitment. Yeah. But the thing that's really cool about that, it's like you get a dope shirt from a brewery. Tell me the last time you went to a brewery and a shirt was 18 bucks. Oh, no. I was about to say like you probably pay like 20 bucks for a shirt at a brewery anyway. So you're getting kind of a discount and you're getting it delivered to your house. So that's pretty sick. Yeah. And don't worry, not all the shirts are form-fitting. I was worried about that because I'm a little thick. You can customize your size. You can customize your size and you can customize the feel of the shirt. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want one of those form-fitting shirts that say they're a medium but really are small, don't worry. we got They got you. Or they say they're small but really they're a medium. Facts. Truths. And, you know, I am kind of partial to the male fit of a shirt. I yep. like it to be kind of boxy uh, as opposed to the the more feminine cut yeah so i can customize it to that as well if i want to and yeah so go to shirtsontap.com and use the promo code brewroots to get, get your, your first, first box for oh, five dollars so matt so emily in the world uh we've been dealing with some crazy shit yeah you know everything's yeah. on fire especially california yeah shout out to um like mommy beerist and that area got like pretty affected. Yeah, I hope so, you're okay, like, Mommy. She's good. Beerist. Nah, she's good. We talk. Hope you're breathing and you know they're getting rain out there right now. Yeah, she's a little further south of where it's happening. Yep. Um, but I've I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram of like celebrities trying to help out and everybody's kind of still evacuated from their homes and maybe just making their way back and it's it's such a tragedy. And I think that what was cool was we just saw this article that the craft beer industry is jumping in to help out. And I'm not surprised. I mean, we talk about it every week. So Sierra Nevada started this uh, movement and essentially they've been making some efforts to raise funds for people devastated by the camp and Woolsey fires um, because the Sierra Nevada, re- the Sierra, <laughs> the Sierra Nevada, re- the Sierra Nevada brewery was itself almost in the fire's path, and it reportedly displaced 10% of the brewery's workforce. So they were affected by this as well. And essentially what they've done is they've come up for with a recipe for what they're calling the Resilience IPA, and they're going to donate 100% of the proceeds to the Campfire Fund. And then their founder, Ken Grossman, called on every brewery in America to brew the exact same beer. So he's providing the recipe to them. And it's, you know, people can use their brewing capacity to replicate this recipe and donate as well. And apparently over 400 breweries across the country have joined this movement, which is amazing. Yeah, you're right, Emily. I mean, it is amazing. And uh we were lucky enough to interview some of the participants in it. Yeah. But let's talk about, like, Massachusetts has Down the Road, Night Shift, Wachusett, Cape Cod, Independent, Wormtown, Lord Hobo, Second Wind, Seven Saws, Asbilt Brewery, Exhibit A, Trillium, and Starting Line, Bright Ideas, like, all these crazy breweries. New Hampshire, Bad Lab, and Outhouse are, are two that we've interviewed, and can't say enough things about like all those breweries that we mentioned like super super cool thing to do um 
what I think we're going to be doing with some listeners who they they were on our Facebook, and I think this is an awesome idea. Is we're actually going to do a taste test. I love it with some yeah. of those, and it's it's cool because like it you can pretty much access this from anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. So um, on Sierra Nevada's website, you can see if one of your favorite local breweries are brewing it but every state is on this list i mean literally every is state kansas on there yeah kansas is where are you at definitely kansas? on here you know that kansas is on here right can't you do a control f I matt's mean, in the excel n- doc right no, now. no so you can't yes you can all right control, control f that f so there's basically a google sheet uh that you can get i'm just gonna scroll it's i believe easier. it's off of this year nevada website and you can see the list of all the breweries and their addresses um so that you can find the yeah kansas IPA. is on there topeka hey wichita so yeah. there's one brewery that we'll be reaching out to because uh we are trying to get some beers out of kansas we don't really know much about the craft scene there yeah and it's just cool to see how many breweries jumped in and you know they're helping out the cause and i can't wait to get my hands on some yeah i'm so excited because that taste test it'll be really cool i think we'll do sierra nevada as the as a standard right we'll say this is what it should taste like and then we'll see which ones we prefer and also like we're going to be buying the beer we're not going to get it donated so we'll buy it and we're yeah of course we're helping out to the cost yeah the one time we don't get it for free yeah um, but I th- i'm okay with that like <laughs> i'm course. okay with that no me and matt are always happy to pay for our beer and in fact like we usually try and yes. then people will be like no 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 yeah it's that's like the uh that's like the number one thing i love and hate about doing this is yeah because i i want to support give the breweries money and so usually what i'll end up doing is buying a glass or, or something sh- yeah, or a shirt, shirt. Yeah. um just to as a way of saying thank you but also so that i can advertise to those people and i've actually told a lot of people about mighty squirrel just from wearing their swag everywhere yeah. <laughs> uh, they were generous f- enough to give me a sweatshirt rumor has it december 4th i am so pumped yeah Naveen, we are so excited. We can't wait. Yes, but um, another brewery is opening up pretty soon. And that's our guest this week. Exactly. Is that what you're going to say? Or no, you gonna say something I was going to ask you if there's anything in beer history that you wanted to share. There's not. Uh, I hate <laughs> you know this what? book. Just I think we're retiring. Season beer history from here. Season here on three. I, I, I know we're going to get DMs that are like, no beer history? No, you know what? We will do beer history in season three because we have a fresh, you know, we only started doing it April, May mm-hmm. time frame. So we do have January through April of beer history that we can share with you guys. And like, oh, well, yeah, there's a and lot. There's a, there's 52 episodes. Theoretically, there could be 52 episodes in a year. Yeah. So minus like if we take a, hi- a little hiatus, blah, blah, blah. It's just going to be a new day. So like we <laughs> this book's good for years. True. Yeah, we'll just start releasing on Thursdays. Yeah, this book's good for like so many years. Or actually, no, we matter. wouldn't have to. It, it just moves matter. up a day. That's right. Oh man, I hate this book. I'm going to find a new book. Oh, I do hate this book. On my Amazon wish list, send me a new beer history book. Do you even have an Amazon wish No, wishlist? but I should make one. Like I'll be like a cam girl. <laughs> <laughs> Shout so, out to cam girls that listen. <laughs> I don't know. Buy me a shower curtain. Yeah, buy me a sh- yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we will find a new beer history book, but I think this one will have to work for now. We'll paraphrase it as best we can. Yeah, Greg Smith, PhD. You fuck. So our guest this week is Channel Marker Brewing out of Beverly, Massachusetts. And who did we interview? Emily? I remember their names perfectly well, Matt, and their names were Justin and Jake. Yes. I have been screwing up their names and calling them like Jake and Josh because I'm thinking Drake and Josh, but it, it is Justin and Jake. This was actually the fifth take of this. Yeah, we actually, go. this has been very heavily edited and uh, it's not that they were forgettable no it is not that at all. we just are we're bad associating with yeah or... we're just associating with with sounds yeah so justin and jake they were great they sat down with us like amid this crazy construction project that they're mm-hmm. undergoing right now with the brewery and they're pretty close to opening their doors just mm-hmm. along this like beer mile in beverly it's really exciting they're going to keep it pretty um low-key and intimate with their tap room and we got to get kind of a sneak peek of their operations in the back and kind of what they were planning for the space yeah and this is a location that kind of keeps the integrity of the building like i love when breweries go into old brick buildings and they keep that that brick facade you know the in like they it 
looks similar to how it would have looked 50 years ago they keep a lot of like the concrete elements and the exposed brick and yeah and i think this this spot is going to be great um very really excited to see what they do so without further ado shall we take it away yeah take it away hey guys welcome to another episode of brew roots i'm matt i'm emily and this is the podcast that brings you the stories behind your favorite beer Today we are joined by Jake and Justin of Channel Marker Brewing, brewery or brewing? Brewing. Brewing, Channel Marker Brewing out of Beverly, Massachusetts. So I would like you guys to just give a quick intro of yourself and your role at the brewery and your first memory of beer. Sure. Um, So this is Justin. Uh, We got our start in my garage on Northern Ave in Beverly. It's a couple miles away Um, up until about a year ago we were kicking the tires with thinking about opening a production place um and decided to make our plunge about a year ago i'm sure we'll talk about our story um for me my first memory of beer uh much like many of the the people that i've heard on your podcast was with my dad uh he was a sam guy um he had one of the first sam adams hats and i think he still has it in his closet and i razz him about it every every chance i get um but it's a really cool hat that, you know, just brings me back to that first memory that I have of him drinking a Sam Lager. Yeah, and I'm Jake. Uh, so I guess my first memory of beer would not necessarily be from my dad, but with friends and, you know, the negative influence of those people. And, you know, it brought us all a lot closer together. Uh, Justin and I have been friends since we were little kids, all three of us, Tim included. And so I guess, yeah, that was my first memory. Uh, you mentioned Tim. Now, Tim's not here. You mentioned he's a personal trainer. So he's the second probably most fit brewer I've met, uh, Dave being the other one who owns White Birch. I don't know if you've met easily, him. Easily, easily, very he's, fit. He's ripped. Um, so that's good to hear that we're getting more fit guys in the, in the brewery industry other than, like, chubby men like myself. So. Yeah, break the stereotype. Yes. <laughs> um, so can we talk about what you guys do? Because we're here 7 o'clock at night. Um, what do you do during the day? I mean, you guys obviously didn't tell your parents when you were 10 or 12 and said, hey, I want to open a brewery when I'm older. Uh, what was kind of like the game plan and how did you deviate from it and bring it to here? So my entire career, I've been in the culinary world. Uh, I've been a chef for, geez, first job in high school, never really left. And, you know, I bounced around between restaurants, catering, uh, hotels, and now I'm at a private high school. And... Um, you know, the switch to going to a private high school got me back onto, you know, a normal schedule. So I pretty much worked during school hours, Monday through Friday. And, you know, that allowed me to sort of take this on, you know, during the night. For me, um, I studied finance and and technology as an undergrad at Endicott um, a few years ago and ended up, I've, I've been in the fintech industry for about eight years. I take the train into Boston every day. Um, I, I really like getting my hands dirty with creating something, and working on a computer, sitting at a desk every day is, you know, while it pays the bills, it's not what I want to do. What I wanted to do with with the rest of my life. Um, I watched my grandfather, who's a huge source of in- inspiration for me, um, build a really successful pool repair company that I worked at during the summertime, and I loved just the physical nature of getting up every day and, and you know working with him in the summertime and seeing him create his own business and that was always something that I admired and, and, and really wanted to um, you know do um, and you know when I started to really get into craft beer and talk to all these different brewers and and home brewers it, it seemed like something like like this this isn't rocket science like yes there is a lot of science behind it but it's science I can learn um, <clears throat> and when when I get into something, I tend to like go all in 100%. And that's really kind of what happened with, with this. Yeah, and to translate, you know, the culinary world into, you know, crafting beer, there's many similarities, you know, following recipes and procedures and being able to adapt, uh, you know, and transition from food to beverage, uh, you know, was something that I was really excited to dive into. 
So tell me about the meeting, you know, when you guys decided we're high school buddies, we're going to do this, we're going to build a business together. What was that conversation like? So that, that story started about, I don't know, probably three, four years ago. Um, we, we bought a homebrew kit. It was for the substance sale from uh, Bissell Brothers. And we gave, it, we gave what we brewed to a couple of friends, and, and they were very, they very kindly, like, turned their nose to it. And it was really funny. We knew it was crappy. Um, but we, you know, took that opportunity to really, you know, take a step back and say, okay, like, if we're buying kits on the internet, that's probably not going to get us anywhere. And um, I ended up joining a homebrew club where I met um, the person that, that really I, I should give all the credit to in terms of like learning how to brew. His name is Joe Devana. He's out of Everett. He's an Everett firefighter, member of the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, trying to start his own thing. Um, and he taught me everything I knew. And from there, I then took, you know, how to brew an all grain recipe, um, acquired all the equipment, and then, you know, just through the process of, of brewing batch after batch after batch, um, got really, you know, really into it. When did brewing become less of a hobby and then something you thought about full time at your at your career? Um, you know, for me, um, I, I left a company that I had worked at for five years and I joined a couple of startups. And it was through joining those software startups that I ended up, you know, developing this this feeling that like I like the startup culture I don't want to be in fintech forever I really want to go get into brewing and that for me it was you know really a, a, an evolution that kind of occurred over probably a, a two-year two-year window yeah and I mean for me uh, you know I'd say late night after you know a homebrew um, you know we decided to bust out the whiteboard and start writing down all these ideas about how does this even work? You know, what do we do? What's the first step? You know, what are people going to ask us? And, you know, we filled that whiteboard up in a matter of minutes. And I think the point that we got from that is, you know, there's going to be a lot of no's before you get a handful of yeses to make this happen. Um, we're not scared of the work. You know, we're all committed to it. Um, we understand what we're walking into. And from there, it really kind of took off. A lot like a startup, right? Whiteboards, yes. Yeah, a lot of whiteboards, <laughs> a lot of late nights. A lot of phone conversations, too. Yep. And a lot of support um, from spouses. Mm -hmm. You know, I have, I have two little kids at home. My wife is like a godsend for allowing us to, you know, brew in the garage and take all the dirty pots and pans and dishes <laughs> and everything else and in the kitchen, so. Yeah, you need that kind of support yeah. from yeah. everybody. So Tim's not able to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about Tim's role and... Know, yeah, how so the three of you work together. So Tim, you know, the three of us came together and we work well as three, you know, so um, Justin has a little bit of flexibility with his work schedule, being able to work from home. I don't have so much, but I'm available at night. Uh, Tim being a personal trainer, he's self-employed in that regard. He has the most flexible schedule. So he was able to take on this construction project, uh, any meetings, morning meetings during the day. Uh, any shopping, you know, that sort of thing. So he's sort of taken over the day-to-day -day operations, if you will, mm -hmm. and has been really the face for, you know, putting this building together for us. Let's talk about the building a little bit. Tell me about the space. What do you guys have going on in the back? What do you expect to happen in the front? We got a little tour, but tell everybody else. Sure. So this place, um, this building was formerly part of the um, United Shoe Company back when like industry was was hopping in Beverly in the in the early 1900s um, and since then it actually housed the first Marshalls uh, if you know the TJX company yeah. um, that's where like this guy Marshall got his start in this building um, and since then it's changed hands a number of times the building as it currently stands today is mixed use so there are some residents um, throughout the building it also houses um, 30 artists throughout the building, which is really awesome for from a creative standpoint to have all them come in and give their influences and give them an opportunity to showcase their work throughout the space. Um, so really, you know, the, the space that we're standing in now, it's surrounded by brick, um, really just a homey place that we think, um, you know, has a lot of charm and character to it. 
Um, the front of the house will obviously be our retail space and our tap room. Um, we can fit 44 people here. Um, and then on the other side of the wall is basically all production. And when we worked with our landlord, um, being a startup, we really tried to minimize the, the amount of square footage that we would need to get our start. We didn't want to overpay for square footage that we didn't necessarily need. And when you think about floor to ceiling height, all that stuff adds up as you go. So we really tried to squeeze into as little a space as, as possible from a from a production standpoint. So it's it's real tight back there, but you know, we've got a two barrel, five we've got a two barrel brew house and we've got five two barrel fermenters. So you know, we've got ten barrels of capacity there, so we think that that's gonna allow us to, you know, it's an excellent start. Yeah. Um, was it important for you guys to stay in Beverly? Obviously, guys are Beverly born and raised, it sounds like. Uh, did you guys look around the other local communities, or did you have a mindset, I'm going to be in Beverly? We definitely wanted to stay in Beverly. And, you know, I guess as part going back to the whiteboard, that conversation led us to speaking with, um, you know, economic development planners at City Hall. And she was able to provide us with the chart that tells the zoning for the entire city. So... You know, downtown is pretty well zoned for just about anything. And, you know, there were some other opportunities that we looked at, but didn't really work. Uh, either too expensive, not fit to handle, you know, a brewery and production. So, you know, this place sort of fell in our lap. Um, you know, we've done a couple of private events with a local catering company up the street, Chive Events. And, you know, they had done pop-up events in this space. And when we found out that it was up for rent, she put us in contact with the landlord and, you know, conversations and off and running. Yeah. It was really important for us to be in Beverly. You know, being born, raised, we've, we've spent our entire life in this town. Um, and we have roots here. Jake and I both, you know, still live here, have houses here. Tim lives just, just over the bridge in Salem, but, you know, is here all the time. Um, you know, this is this is home for us and this is where our family and friends are and you know we're never going to leave um jake and i ended up both going to endicott college so in that sense we are like true townies in every <laughs> sense of the word what year did you graduate from endicott yeah oh nine oh nine that was 2011 nice that's where i met my wife too so we got very nice yeah. so i'm curious about the name channel marker where does that come from so for us, um, growing up in this area, we, you know, we've lived at the beach our whole life. That's where we spent our summers and in high school, that's where we would end up spending most of our winter nights around a bonfire with beers. And, um, you know, for us, when we look out into the harbor and we see these channel markers that are, that are stationed there, you know, that they're the guiding light home. You know, if you stay in between these markers, you're good. That's your path. And for us, you know, when we thought about a name, we were like, you know, we want to be tied to the ocean. It's home for us, the smell of the salt. When we look out into the harbor and we see these home beacons, that for us is where we want to be. And I know the, the question was, Matt was about to ask you guys, were there other names that you guys were thinking of? What was on the whiteboard besides Channel Marker? Well, we found it really difficult to find a name that wasn't already taken. <laughs> So, you know, it was a trial and error and we put deadlines for ourselves and we voted and we put up our top threes and, you know, most of them were just very generic, none of which I would be proud to repeat, nor could I remember most of them, I don't think, unless yep. you remember a few, but. Well, I mean, t to be quite honest, we were, we had initially started with the name Agape Brewing Company. Um, and that was a name that was actually the, Tim and I met when we were both three years old. Um, going to Agape Preschool on Bridge Street. That's Beverly. funny, yeah. And, um, you know, we went through a, a, a process. We, you know, developed a logo, and we were going we to be Agape. That was going to be our name. And um, we come to find out there was another entity in Gloucester um, who we had no idea about called, I think it was Agape Brewing Community. <laughs> and they have some sort of, it's like a homebrew, like learn to brew. I'm not exactly sure what, what they're, what, what they are but they, they are homebrew like teach teach yourself how to brew kind of operation and they reached out to us and you know kindly asked that you know listen we're a registered nonprofit, and we would really appreciate if you guys you know would would basically rebrand yeah. and you know we you know we don't want to cause any waves that's that's not what we're about so we said no problem 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we were early enough in the process where it wasn't the you worst. Know, it thing was in the frustrating, world. but yeah, not the worst thing in the world at all. Is there something at this point in time that you wish you told yourselves when you were first starting? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I had a really good idea what I was getting into, you know. Um, I've been in, you know, restaurant industry before. I sort of know how, you know, a bar in the generic sense of the word works. Um, you know, I understand the hours and, you know, sort of the extracurricular stuff that goes along with it. So I had a really good idea of what I was getting into. And, you know, this whole process being the fact that, you know, my name is on it and, you know, I'm doing it with, you know, two of my closest friends, you know, it's just really exciting for me. So, you know, I look forward to everything, you know, that's happened, uh, that's going on now and everything in the future. So, uh, no, I guess for me. <laughs> Not looking back. Yeah. Nope. The only thing I would say is ask the bank for more money. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you're a startup, it, to get into the brewing industry requires an enormous amount of, of, of capital to start. You know, there's the build out, there's rent, there's buying your brewing system. The brew, you know, the build out itself is, is, you know, substantial dollars. Um, and you know, you're basically looking at a year plus before you actually start bringing in any money. Um, and you know, I would encourage anybody that's thinking about getting into this to really sit down and, and, and build a sound financial plan talk to as many people as you can mm -hmm. to understand, you know, at varying levels, what it takes to get this, to get off the ground and, and open your doors. Um, we talked to, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 different breweries throughout our startup period about, you know, what it took for them to get their doors open. And, you know, at the end of the day, somewhere in between there is where, where we fit. Um, but, you know, money, money's always going to be a, a, a challenge. And you really got to stretch every single dollar and watch it closely. Um, so for me, that's that's the thing I think about most. And you know, maybe we could have asked the bank for another, you know, forty or fifty thousand dollars, and that might have made a difference. But you know, that's good advice time. too. You know, because I think that there may be some aspiring brewmasters listening to the podcast, and I feel like one theme that we hear all the time is that brewers help each other. And the fact that you guys were able to speak to 30 or 40 potential competitors and get advice from them is what makes this industry so amazing and unique. You know, you can share trade secrets with each other and it's, it's all friendly. You know, you're just, we always say like competition just brews better beer. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they really steered us in the direction of, you know, people to talk to, too, you know, mm -hmm. uh, legal counsel and uh, insurance people and, you know, we can't credit the team that we have put together enough because, you know, you're just, you're constantly learning about new things that you weren't even aware of, you know, uh, especially in a business with alcohol. Um, you know, everybody wants their peace. Everybody wants to know what you're doing. Everybody wants to keep an eye on you. So, yeah. you know, if you're just going to go in blind and think it's going to be, you know, a couple of weeks before you get a license, that's not really the case. So Yeah, it's highly regulated. You know, so right. the more people you can talk to, the more you can understand, you know, it'll, it's only going to help you. So I want to know a little more about the beer. Tell me, you know, I see six taps in front of me that will eventually be, you know, pumping out delicious golden nectar. So <laughs> tell me about what you guys are planning to serve here or, you know, what are some, some batches to look out for? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us, um, we, we love New England style IPAs. That's that's our bread and butter. Um, and oh, oh yeah, yeah, nice, My favorite, yeah. awesome. Yeah, so you know, Trillium, Treehouse, Other Half, Bissell Brothers. Um, th those are really the style. Like those guys, like we drink them constantly, and that's really what we're striving to brew here. Is mm -hmm. is IPA New England style IPAs on on that level? Um, you know, we we like we like sours. We like dark beers, um, but really it's the New England styles that we're going to be focused on um, and really trying to squeeze every bit of juice that we can out of, out of the hops that, that we have access to. How do you guys go about crafting a recipe? Is it food driven because you're a chef? Is it something that you dream, dreamed of you know, overnight or where do you get the influence for a recipe? I'll, I'll take this, Jake. Um, 
so for me, um, I, like I like I said at the beginning, like if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it 100. percent I've spent hours, days researching like recipe development for for New England styles specifically, um, and in particular, J.C. Tetral of Trillium. He's been just such a source of inspiration posting on on forums about all the different you know recipes that he's developed over the years for for trillium style new england's um and you know for him to post his recipes and the and the, and the techniques and and you know how he hops beers and things like that and you know i recently attended a um an event down in canton where he talked about yeast and, and hop selection and how he integrates those within his his brewing process um you know him being so forthcoming with all that information really is how I started developing the the beers that we're going to inevitably brew. Excellent. So, what's next? We're in a brewery that I would say what is probably seventy five percent built up. Yeah, that's or, that's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what's next for you guys? Um, when does day one brewing start for you guys, and what can we expect? Yeah. So question. after you guys leave tonight, we'll be uh, paintbrushes in hand, finishing up the ceiling, which still has some pink on it um, <laughs> from the previous owner. It looks good though. Yeah. Um, I would say for us, uh, brewing will probably start in the next week or two. Um, we've been fortunate enough to, um, you know, learn learn how to passivate our equipment, which still has to happen. Um, that's about a day long process. Um, we've still got a, a lot of moving equipment in to do on the other side of the brew house wall is actually an art gallery that our landlord runs and maintains um, and it's got a I'd say about 50% of that right now is taken up by spare parts and, and equipment that we've got to get out of there by the end of next week so um, I would say within the next two weeks we'll be we'll be in production mode getting ready for open yeah um, you know as soon as as soon as the construction is finished and we can come in and really start to turn this into a functioning place, um, that will hopefully happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's no waiting around for any licenses or um, any of that. We have all our federal, state, and city licenses, so as soon as we're ready to go, it's game on, really. Mm -hmm. So we're in Tool Street to become in the Beer Mile. Yes. We got Gentilly. We have uh, Old Planters and a couple others that are popping up. Um, you're brewing a little bit different than Gentilly, um, different than Planners. How are you guys gonna stay relevant while still kind of you know, keeping a synergy between all of you guys? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think really it speaks to your point about brewing the different styles of beer. You know, everyone's gonna have their niche. Um, you know, I think, think Paul said it great recently where rising tides lifts all ships that's that's very much a motto that you know a mantra that we embrace um, and support, and you know Paul Gentile you're talking about yeah yep. Paul yep yep um, you know for us I think you know as I think to the different breweries throughout the North Shore, there really isn't a one that focuses specifically on New England style IPAs. Everyone brews one, but it's not a focal like it's not the focus of the of the business. Um, and for us, you know, Jake and I, Tim, we go to Treehouse, we go to Trillium, we travel up. My wife's from, you know, Maine, so we got, we're up in Maine all the time. Um, you know, we'd love to bring a, a home where people can go to for New England-style beer specifically. You know, we want to have five of these loaded with New England-style beers with all different hops. Very cool. Yeah, and, you know, we get asked that question uh, fairly regularly, you know, um, if we consider all these other people in Beverly and surrounding towns and cities, um, whether or not they're competition, and we don't necessarily think so. You know, going off of what he just said, um, I think our niche is that we're providing even more of a variety to the area um, that people from, you know, locally and Boston and really anywhere can come and travel and, you know, hit up a couple different spots and have variety and really get the full experience out of their day. I would, oh yeah, yeah. I was. I would also add to, you know, um, the fact that Jake, Tim, and I were born, raised, and 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 still live here. We have a lot of roots, um, and I think that that speaks to the community. You know, people people know us. Um, people recognize our name. We 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 have tons of friends that still live in the area and are 
now buying houses in the area and traveling back. So I think that sense of, you know, knowing the people behind, you know, these walls, the people that are that are in that room brewing the beer, I think that that actually, like, I think that means something when people are coming into your doors. I've heard that the community of Beverly really buy into people from Beverly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that is that, an, is that a fact? I mean, like, you know, if you were Beverly born and raised and they see that you've opened a business, they're going to they're gonna give you a, a really, really good chance. Yeah. I mean, you know, me living here my whole life, I know that, you know, people that open businesses around here, my friends, like, I, I'm going to go there before I, before I think about going anywhere else. So I think that, you know, is it a fact? I don't know. <laughs> but is it, you know, likely? Sure. Very good. Other than Treehouse, Trillium, Bissell Brothers, who is a brewery that's doing it right? Someone that you look up to? Mystic is definitely one that, that we that we travel to often. Um, we love other half. Um, you know, I think Chris Loring at Notch is, is, is doing his own thing, and he's clearly got a, a really successful business model going. Um, I think Paul's got a great thing going. You know, he's got this. He's got a great following with his Run Club on 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 Thursday nights. Um, I, you know, some of the other places that I that I think about. You know, um, uh, the guys over in Ipswich, they're True North. I think they're they're they've got a great thing going. They went they went all in, um, which is a different model than what than what we followed, but. I totally respect them, and that's that's awesome. Um, it's a, I mean, it's an impressive place when you walk in there. It's like, wow, this is, you know, we'd love to grow to that size. But um, I think you know those those are some of the guys that I think of. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, Justin's a big influence for me, and when it comes to that regard, him being in the city and having access to all of that, um, you know, I don't necessarily have the the uh, the tours that he does, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I was definitely a big fan of Mystic, um, you know, uh, and all the ones locally too. You know, I'm a big fan of Notch. That's probably one of my biggest go-tos. Um, I've been to the True North a couple of times, and like he said, it's just you walk in the doors and it's like, wow, this, this is a humongous facility in the middle of Ipswich, you know, tucked back off the road. You would never know it's here. Mm-hmm. Yet there's food trucks and, you know, this big awesome tap room, and then you can see into this giant you know, production facility full with a canning line and everything, and uh, you know that that says a lot to them too. Um, you know, I was also a big fan of the Ipswich Ale guys too when I was, you know, working in restaurants. Um, that was always something to go to as well. So, you know, the exterior Boston ones and then the ones more locally are what I sort of veer towards. The other one I would add too is um, is Austin Street up in Portland, Maine. Uh, Jake Austin actually, I was. Uh, part of a, a brewing uh, Facebook group and he ended up posting on there and said, Hey, free for the taking is our, is our pilot batch system. And it was two kegels that he had converted. Mm-hmm. And I, I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I'll take them. And he responded back and he said, Hey, they're yours. If you want to drive up here and grab them, I sure go ahead. And I had a, a, like probably an hour long conversation picking his brains. And he's still a guy that I reach out to every now and then. Um, and I thank him regularly for, you know, giving us for free his 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 pilot system and we we used those when we were brewing you know in in the garage at northern um so he's definitely been a huge source of inspiration i wish them all the best with their you know upcoming uh expansion that they're they're gonna be opening so what's in the fridge at home what are you guys drinking well besides channel marker uh no recently i've made trips to um I was able to go to other half and treehouse in one day. Um, oh, yeah, I was uh, driving home from Pennsylvania, and you know, I thought to myself, "Can't just drive by these places. I have to go there." Um, so that was probably the last big haul that I've had. And uh, we make frequent trips to Maine. I'm just a big fan of Portland. Um, you know, awesome place. You know, food, beverage, all of the above. That you know, I enjoy that. Um, right now, my fridge is actually pretty empty. Uh, I spend a lot of my time and money here, so <laughs> you know that's sort of taking a backseat for me. However, you, on the other hand, yeah, I I tend to if I can have Treehouse in my fridge at all times, I, I got a lot of friends that go often. So you know, there's it's kind of a community thing. If you know if someone's going at at this point with with the level that they're at, you know, offering a case of beer per brand, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to get four 
<laughs> anyone I want the other 18 or whatever. So, um, so, you know, for, for me, I, I'm always, I'm always trying to get Treehouse if I can. Um, I also work in Boston, so I'm, I'm, I don't know, about a stone's throw from Trillium. So I'm there pretty much anytime they have something new, I'm going to try it. Um, other than that, I would say I'm a huge Sierra Nevada guy. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much the beer that I'll be drinking. Like anytime we're doing work here, there's going to be a, there's going to be Sierra Nevada going. Good choice. All right, guilty pleasure beer. Is there a beer that you like a domestic? A domestic that is just guilty pleasure. I'll answer that question honestly. <laughs> um, for me, um, it would be Pumpkinhead. Okay. All right. That's not like I like pumpkin head with a cinnamon uh, and sugar coated rim. That is the first answer we've gotten with that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that. Uh, domestics. Yeah. Um, you love a Bud Latte every now and then. Yeah. yeah I like I mean, that you call it a Bud Latte. <laughs> Bud Lights, Coors Lights. I have absolutely nothing wrong with those. Um, you know, easy drinking. You know, the more I drink what we're making and what we're trying and call it research and development, but you know, that tends to taste more and more like water, but um, you know, a hot summer day, there's nothing wrong with a Bud Light in my eyes. Tim has a good saying that there's a time and a place for every beer. Um, and that's something that we, we agree to. Yeah. Excellent. Kind of the last question that I have, do you have any other? No um, what are you guys most proud of? I think, uh, I think the way that this construction has gone, um, I think we we really found ways to make things work on the budget that we were given. Um, some of the materials that we used, um, you know, the the oak drink rail and the poured concrete bar top. Um, I'm really proud of the way that that came out, and the fact that everything fit like the architect said it would. Um, <laughs> really proud about that. But you know, when uh, Probably about a week ago, we were looking back at you know the before pictures as we're starting to come upon the after pictures, and you know the place is barely recognizable. So, you know, I just I give credit to all of our, you know us, um, our friends, our family, you know the time and the many 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 hours that we've all been spending here. Uh, you know, I think that's something that I'm the most proud of. Yeah, I would I would echo that. I would say you know. Um, Picking the right team is is a hard thing to do, um, especially when, you know, for construction, um, trying to, you know, when when you're looking at a couple hundred thousand dollar build out and you're trying to pick the right guy and you've met him, you know, maybe three or four times, mm -hmm. is it? That's a scary thing to put that much stock into somebody and saying like, well, here's our blueprints. We hope you can build this thing to to you know, the 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 dollar amount that you're saying you can do it for. And I'm most proud of us for, for selecting the right people um, to join us on this journey and, and you know, to be in budget and to be on time and, and do it, doing it the way that we said we were going to do it. Um, you know, we, we heard constantly throughout the startup process, and now that we're getting towards it, I, I feel confident that we can say, you know, we're going to hit our deadlines. Um, and that's not something every startup can say. Um, there are certainly challenges along the way, and I, you know, we're still a few weeks away from opening doors here, but we're, we're, we're pretty damn close. Um, and for us to stand here today and say, you know, we did it in a year, that, that makes me really proud. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, from Great registering to, be, to become an LLC to opening doors in about a year is pretty crazy. You guys must be tired. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, so where can we find you guys on social media, website? Anything else you want to plug? So we're on Instagram. Um, gosh, I don't know the at handle. At Channel Marker Brewing. I at Channel Marker Brewing. Um, we're on Facebook. We do have a website, channelmarkerbrewing.com. Um, we're also on tw Twitter, um, Channel Mark Brew. I think is that it? Um, but yeah, you can find it. You can find it all there. Great. You guys heard it here. Channel Marker Brewing, opening soon in Beverly, Massachusetts.
your eyes Tell her silent ways You fly away on Seven days in sunny June 